This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning and welcome back into News Radio WGNS. This is the Action Line, and we have a double dose of fun for you this morning. Getting us started is Lisa Trail from Murfreesboro City Schools. Lisa, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for stopping in and uh, giving us a few minutes. It kind of seems like deja vu, right? You were calling in a couple times a week to keep us updated through the school year, and when COVID hit, you were kind of our uh, emergency line for information, so we thank you for that, and welcome back. We kind of have uh, some of the same questions for you again as we're getting back into the school year here in just a number of weeks. Um, thought you'd be a great guest to have on to kind of update us as uh, some news was given this past week, and uh, what do we need to know? School's right around the corner, right? We're getting back into it. What, uh, what new information do you have for us? School is around the corner. Um, we, our city school board met on Tuesday night and voted uh, for a two choices for our learning for going back to school. But let me go ahead and say our first day of school is August 10th now. I think most of our parents know that. But just to reiterate, we will begin on August 10th. Parents have two choices. They can do a choice distance learning or a traditional in-school uh, classroom. That is up to them, and all of that information is on the city school's website. For traditional learning, we have a lot of safety protocols that's going to be in place. We did. Um, we are requiring masks in the school buildings. So if you are a child or an adult, masks will be required if you are not so able to socially be distanced from the other person. Um, I know it's really disturbing a lot of people thinking about little children in their mask, but we know children are they're very adaptable and we also know that our our teachers are very creative so i know several teachers have already uh talked about creating some mask free zones in their classroom so if you're in class and you just need a little bit of a break from your mask you'll be there'll be an area where you can go that's six foot away from everyone else just to have a little bit of time without that mask on um we're going to do a lot of classes outside uh recess outside so that you can um, be socially distant outside and mask free but if they're in a group they have to have a mask on so everyone entering the school building must have a mask again it's august 10th we it's not that far away so uh, i'd encourage parents to go ahead and teach their children how to put those masks on and off uh, without you know being too much of a hassle and um, we're all getting kind of used to a new normal and that is a new normal for us so um we're excited. The teachers are ready to get back in teaching. We're ready to see children back in our schools. It's going to be nice to see them again. So uh, among other things with pens, pencils, notebooks, trapper keepers, one of the things you're going to want to stock up this school year particularly is going to be masks. I know when I was a kid I'd lose stuff 
two or three times in a day. So uh, <laughs> buying a couple masks to have maybe as a few backups. That way, if your kid gets to school, right. he forgot the mask. Then, uh, then they're not going to have to figure out what to do there. So, and we uh, and we do have masks for all students. So, if someone cannot afford a mask, we do have that. It's not an unlimited number, so we do want the children to keep up with their mask. Um, but at the same time, we do have that. So, if a parent doesn't have a mask, don't worry. We will have those at the school. Um, also, riding buses will be very different this year. So, we were really asking parents, if possible, to bring your child to school. Because the buses are hard to keep as far as socially distance. So if you are riding a bus, we need to know. And our transportation department's been doing a wonderful job and has called, I think, every parent that rode a bus last or a child, the parent of the children who rode buses last year, uh, just to make sure if they had a different way to school or if they'd be doing a bus route. We will load our buses this year. First of all, you have to have a mask on to enter a bus. You will get the child will have his temperature taken before they enter a bus, and we're loading the buses back to front and f- unloading front to back. Um, there'll be only about one child per seat. If there's family members, there may be two children per seat. So a lot of things that are going into place that really are uh, mechanisms to keep everyone safe and socially distant and also to get them back in school so they're learning and their emotional, their social welfare is being taken care of as well as their educational welfare. So a lot of the things that we're getting phone calls about, we have plans in place. We are ready to go. Um, we're going to send out an entire guideline just so the parents can see what we're working from. So our working document, I'm going to send that out to parents a little bit later today so they they can look at it and go, okay, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, we are checking for fevers when they get to school. If they have a fever, they'll be uh, put in um, isolation, and a parent will be called. If we call you, we really need those parents to come. Not not later, but now. So, um, again, we are looking forward to it. We want school to be a safe, fun, educational environment, and I think we've got the plans in place to ha- that, for that to happen. So the bus routes will be similar, but there's going to be some different precautions as far as getting kids on the bus. Right. If you can take your kid to school, many parents prefer that. Many kids prefer that. You can sleep <laughs> in a little bit later sometimes. So that would be something you guys encourage. We've talked about classrooms. Masks are required for teachers, students, staff. Everybody's going to be wearing a mask. Right. What about lunch? I would think maybe bringing a lunch could be helpful to, um, to sanitize. Is that true? Or are you guys trying to go about this normally? I tell you, uh, Sandy Sheely and our nutrition team are amazing, and so they have it all worked out. So breakfast will be served in the classroom, um, and lunch will be served in the classroom. Our, we've actually already have the containers for the lunches, so you'll, uh, parents are going to be asked to go on to our uh, school cafe site, order the child's lunch in advance, you know, let them choose for the week, choose for the day, whatever it is, so that we know what to package that child. So on a Tuesday night, you'll look at the Wednesday menu, and you'll say tomorrow they want this, this, and this. It'll be packaged for them and delivered. So similar, the only thing I can really, like, it, it would be similar to what you would do in a hospital. Now, you know, here's your here's your menu choice. Let us know what you're going to have. And that will be packaged with their name on it and brought to the classroom every day. Again, I think you'll see a lot of people, a lot of teachers choosing to do the classroom outdoors and have lunch outdoors for that so that they can, you know, get out. But not on a 100-degree day. So, but lunch breakfast will be served in the classroom nutrition department has that under control again if you typically bring your lunch then that's fine but you don't have to 
Awesome. So we've covered a couple different things that are going to be changing. I wanted to ask you if we could kind of rewind back to uh, the social distancing option for learning or actually being in the classroom. You said that's a, a parent's decision. So um, for one reason or the other, there's there's no requirement. They can just choose A or B. There's there's right. no uh, – so what, what are the differences there, if you could kind of dive into both sides sure. and uh, kind of explain that? We know that children learn best in a classroom. We know they learn best face-to-face with the teacher. So traditional is what we know works best. We also know that we're in the middle of a pandemic, and parents sometimes don't feel comfortable sending their child to school. I think the more the parents see what's in place, the more they're com- comfortable they are with that traditional choice. Um, and we want to see our children. That comes down to it. We just want to see our children. But if they don't feel comfortable with that, and that is a parent's choice, then choice distance learning would be for them. Uh, a choice distance learning decision has to be made uh, by July 31st and to begin August 10th. That will allow you to teach or for your child to learn at your home. Um, it is very much a day, and this is a big question I get all the time, is it during the day? Yes, that your child will be assigned to a classroom. It will have a homeroom teacher. They will have morning meetings and classes just like every other child, except it will be done virtually. So, and it is six and a half hours. That's a state mandate. It's not something we're making up. Six and a half hours of learning. It will look very much like a typical school day, except your child will be at your house. So the teacher will have a morning meeting. Uh, They'll maybe do an hour of science or English followed by a break, another hour of maybe reading, followed by a break. And when I say this, just like you, if you're in a reading class, your teacher is going to be teaching for 30 minutes, and the children may have a 10-minute or 15-minute reading time. That would be part of it. So it's not 100% looking at a computer all day. But they do have to be available during that school hours. Attendance will be taken as well as grades. So when it's if your time is if your choice distance learning time is eight to three, then at eight o'clock everyone signs on and we start our school day from there. So it's it will still be a good learning experience. You still have a homeroom teacher, you still have the same teacher every morning and throughout the day. So that's kind of the difference with it. A traditional classes, I should have said, we're also not changing classes. So they will stay in the classroom a lot or they'll move as a group. So really you're moving as a group of 20 instead of all of when you're, you know, the beginning of last year you moved as a group of maybe a grade level group or we had lots of interactions between the grade levels. It's still going to, it's not, it's still going to have some interaction, but to me, uh, I've heard it described, and in, in right now it sounds like a good description. It's really what I went to school with already. It's kind of that O.P. Taylor classroom where, you know, the, it's a traditional classroom now instead of all, like, lots and lots of movement. We're going to be in one class. Just a couple minutes here left. Lisa Trail joining us from Murfreesboro City Schools. We did have a listener um, asking about uh, the um, social learning and uh, social distancing learning and for the kids that are taking these classes on the computer is is it going to be something the parents are going to need to sit there with them and go through with them or is it something where the kids can kind of get on get started maybe the parent can can go if they're working from home let's say i'm going to say that depends on your child um as with two children of my own i can tell you 
one would require a lot of attention, one would not. So I think it really depends on your child. As far as getting them up and on that computer and all that kind of good stuff, I think a fifth grader should be able to do it on their own without much interaction, just making sure they're staying focused. I mean, again, it depends on your child. Um, It's going to be a little bit harder for those lower grades because just the attention span and all that. But the teaching is also going to be a little different for lower grades than it is upper grades, just like it would be in a traditional classroom. So again, it is, it is a choice. We want to see them in school, but we understand that some parents feel the need to keep them at home. And we totally respect that. Lisa Trail joining us from Murfreesboro City Schools. We are taking text questions, but right now uh, keeping the phone lines down just as we are a little bit tight on time this morning. But, uh, Lisa, we had another question come in asking about any particular type of mask the kids are going to need. We've seen the ones with the strings behind the ear. We've seen the ones that kind of cover your whole face that are kind of elastic. Is there any kind of requirement on the mask and, and style? I'm actually sending some information out to parents today on face mask. So it's a cloth face mask that we're requiring um, you know, there's always exceptions to every rule. If your child has asthma, and I've had several, I, I've, lots of parents call me a child has asthma, then um, maybe a face shield is more appropriate. But we have that pretty much in a guideline, and I'm going to send that out to parents. So make, just get a mask, a cloth face mask that feels comfortable to your child. Or if you want to send them in with disposable every day, that's fine too. But the main thing is making sure it's covering your nose and your mouth and the child knows how to put it on and off and it stays, uh, it's an appropriate size. An adult size mask is not going to do any good for a kindergarten student other than just to aggravate them to death. So if they're loose, kind of hanging down, not covering from the chin to the nose, I've heard is kind of where you want to be. Right, right. And maybe need to, to get something else. Right. Um, we were talking about you know, the school is going to have ma- uh, face masks for the kids, but not an unlimited amount. So I, I remember when I was a kid, we'd have to get a box of tissues. We'd have to get, you know, all, there's a list of all the things that we needed. You mentioned that the school's going to have face masks. Are uh, parents still maybe not required, but, you know, hey, that, it wouldn't be a bad idea to grab some extra uh, hand sanitizer, to grab some extra face masks, to grab some of this extra stuff just to make sure you have it, kind of stock up if you can. Absolutely. Um and, you know, face masks are going to be individual to each child, what feel, feels best on them. I can tell you, uh, we've been using face masks for the past several weeks at our central office. I find it to be helpful to me personally to have different masks because one feels good for half the day and one feels good for a different half the day. Or every other day, you'll see me in a different one. That's my personal preference. I know every child's going to be a little different. Um, we do, I should go ahead and talk about just the cleaning of the school building. Our uh, custodians have been ready, preparing for this, um, you know, since March. And uh, we have purchased the cleaning supplies that are the 24-hour cleaning supplies. We have the hospital-grade supplies. We have um, hand sanitizers and wipes and all that kind of stuff in our classrooms. But yes, if you want to send your child, we ask for that every school year. It's not just this year. If you want to send your child in with hand sanitizer and uh, wipes and all that kind of stuff, it will be greatly appreciated. We will also not be sharing um, supplies this year. So a lot of times in a classroom, supplies are kind of put in the middle of, if it, you have a quad table, it'll be put in the middle of the table and everyone shares. This year, we're not asking that. So school boxes are a great idea to have. Those just quick little interlocking traditional school boxes or the plastic school boxes, even a gallon bag would work um, so that the crayons that belongs to you 
or stay stay in your bag and the crayons that belong to me stay in my bag and pencils and staplers and all that kind of good stuff the school supply list are already out we've had them out since june uh so if you want to know what school supply list uh it's on our website as well as uh, the website at cityschools.net as well as the school's websites um we already have a lot of those things ready to go so we want this to start back for our children to be happy and ready to learn and I know they're looking forward to seeing their friends and I know that it sounds like it's an impossible chore but it is not our teachers are amazing and our administration at our schools they're already in place they're already talking they're already having um, putting protocols in place so we're we're thrilled um, to be able to say you have a choice I think if you're going to uh, have somebody have to face adversity, I think teachers and, and people who work in the school systems can know it as good as anybody because there's right. always challengers. There's always going to be right. whether a, a kid is challenging and, and uh, you know, maybe they have certain uh, health requirements the school has to work with, maybe transportation. I mean, you guys deal with stuff like this all the time, kind of rapid-fire style. So, um, you know, so far it sounds like you have really thought through pretty much every angle and, and tried to try to go above and beyond to make this work. Just a few minutes left. We had another question pop up. I wanted to ask you, and this probably is maybe for even in uh, some of the older kids, some of the high schoolers in that asking about locker use there. And I can double on this because there was some talk about maybe the kids will just keep all of their, uh, their books and all everything on them. And, and when they travel, they're not walking across the school to the locker back across um, any, Thing we need to know for that, or are they going to be using lockers? Is it per kid basis, or are maybe you guys encouraging people to just use a backpack and kind of keep everything with you? That is really a middle and high school type uh, question. We do have a few of our schools that have lockers. They most likely will not be using those lockers this year. Our lockers are totally different than what you would see in a high school. No one's walking. It's it's right outside their door. But that's going to be principal by principal basis and my best guess is we're not going to be using those lockers this year. Um, But again, that's just not really a big thing for elementary school where it is with those middle and high schoolers. So I don't feel, I will call James Evans and ask him. (laughs) I think remembering the locker combination can be more trouble than an elementary school kid even is worried about having a locker. So maybe for like middle school and high school, like you said, that could be more of an appropriate question there. Uh, Any final thoughts as we wrap up this morning and, and wanted to thank you again for coming on and answering some of these questions on the fly and and coming here and uh, just kind of educating us on on what we can expect. No, I just want to say we are so appreciative of our school board and the, the support they're giving us, our city council. Um, as well as our parents, uh, we are taking phone calls constantly, but most parents are very respectful. They're just at, they just have a lot of questions and very supportive of the decisions that we're making. So we appreciate that. We appreciate um, all of the thoughts that are, are being sent our way, and we know it's different. We, we really know that it, this is going to be a different year. But, again, it is our hope and our goal that we bring these children in and come, you know, get rid of that summer slide and and have a great school year because children children need to learn they're they're yearning to learn and that's what we want to do absolutely well lisa trail thank you so much for joining us lisa trail our guest this morning on the action line getting and getting us updated on murfreesboro city schools and what can we expect august 10th is the first day of school so we've answered some of those questions for you the 31st is the deadline again to choose whether you're going to be learning from home right. or doing the traditional route so make sure to think about that and 
Um, never too early to get the ball rolling on some of this stuff. So go out, get that supplies. Don't wait till the last second. And uh, again, if you have any questions, you guys said you've been fielding calls all day. We so. are we are fielding calls at central office as well as at our schools. Uh, our pre K, I did I did not mention them. Their back to school information is on the pre K website at cityschools.net. So I don't want to go through all of that, but all of their phasing guidelines are there. And then we'll give more details. I promise, parents, we are getting details out to you daily. <laughs> and if anybody mentioned a lot of this information has been sent on, if anybody missed it for whatever reason, they can go on the website, they can call you guys and get that right away. Right. The main thing that parents need to do is make sure that their email is up to date in our Skyward Parent Portal because that's how we're sending information. It's not going out through social media and everything. It's going to your email directly to you. So um, if you're not receiving emails from the district, you really need to go on your Skyward Parent Portal, and every parent has one um, to get that information. Fantastic. Lisa, thank you so much for your time this thank morning. You. And if you guys need anything else, we're always here for you. If there's new information, uh, you let us know. We'd be happy to get that out. Thank you. All righty. All right, folks, that is the first half of the action line this morning. Still to come, Laura Gossett joins us. That's going to be here in just a few minutes. We're talking the taste of Rutherford. My mouth is watering just thinking about it. That's all coming up in just a few minutes. Don't go away. Hey, hi, and hello there. Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Fun lovers and truth seekers. Weekday mornings at 10 on WGNS AM FM Online. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurant. We're excited to announce that our dining rooms are back up and running. We may not be at full capacity and we may not have all of your favorite menu items or the favorite touches that you're used to having. But at the same time, we are excited to be able to serve you. We have brought our servers back. We have retrained them. Our cooks are excited to put the steaks on plates that you can cut with a real knife as opposed to plasticware from your home. And I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Here at Music World and Drummer's Den, we try to be a unique store, a pro-grade store, but one that also the beginner is going to feel comfortable in. So whether you're a beginning musician looking for those starter lessons or whether you're a pro player who really needs that pro equipment, that's what we want to be here for you. Hi, this is Tom. We offer a variety of lessons in guitar, bass, keyboard, and drum set. This is Dave Kivanemi inviting you to come by Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro across from Indian Hills. Farmers still optimistic. Welcome and hello again, everyone, for Tennessee Home and Farm Radio. I'm Lee Maddox. I could tell the caution that arose at different places. You'd, you'd go to the co-op or different places. You could tell they were cautiously optimistic. Also, farming, we had to keep going. We had to go on. Farmers across Tennessee are still farming despite the challenges we've all faced with the coronavirus. Robertson County's Buddy Bryant says even though the shutdown orders came, farmers like himself and many others knew they had to carry on their work for the good of the country. We're all working. We're setting the tobacco, we're cutting our hay, got our corn planted, started in on our early beans. Again, but you can still feel a little bit of hesitation when you go to different places, crop centers or things like that. But having said that, we can't just sit back and let the country falter because we've got to move on. Bryant says for years, like many other farmers, he's had to depend on migrant labor to help with his crops. This year was no different, and there was concern early on that those workers would even be allowed to enter the country. And even after they got here, no one knew what to expect. I was actually surprised, and I don't know why I was, but I was because they came in, and when they got there, they had their mask on. Even, you know, this is a worldwide deal. And they knew just as much about what to do and what not to do 
as as we have been taught and been and been have read. We had uh, brochures sent out from the uh, Gap and different agencies about what to do, but these guys already knew it. So they're practicing the social distancing, I've noticed, just as well as we all are. One positive aspect of the pandemic, there's been a renewed interest in the job our farmers do and how they play a critical role in our food security, and Bryant hopes they remember. I hope people will remember when this is all said and done, and it will It'll be history one day, but they need to remember, you know, when they do the farm bill, no, it's a food security bill. And for Tennessee Home and Farm Radio, I'm Lee Maddox. Hey, neighbor, when you talk, others listen. If it's on Good Neighbor Talk, keep it here. WTNS, AM, FM, online. Welcome back in to News Radio WGNS. This is the Action Line. It is Friday, July 17th. A comfortable 77 out the door for you, but temperatures crawling into the mid 90s today, so be ready for that. If you're thinking about mowing the lawn today, maybe do it now or wait till a little bit later on in the day. The middle of the day expected to be pretty hot. And again, we got temps crawling up into the mid 90s, and it seems like that's the norm, at least for the last week or so. So uh, many of us may be used to it by now, but. Uh, Something to think about. Hey, the Action Line Part 2 upcoming, and that's uh, Laura Gossett joining us. She's going to be talking about the taste of Rutherford. Wanted to let you guys know before we get started on that, a couple things to check out on WGNSRadio.com. The facelift has begun. The website looks better than ever. A lot easier to navigate as well if you haven't been on I recommend uh, checking that out. You can check it out on your mobile device as well. Uh, But a couple things on there. Early voting begins today. What you need to know, all the information on the website. Also, uh, fall contact sports. What do we know? Right now, it's kind of in limbo, as many things are. But uh, some more information for that as well. And uh, just about everything else you'd like to know. All the shows podcasted on WGNSRadio.com. Of course, you can listen in and... uh, Listen live from the app as well as the as, as the uh, website. So if you're on your work computer or perhaps on your phone out for a jog, walking the dog, whatever it might be, you can bring WGNS with you anywhere you go. All righty, we're going to jump in now. Laura Gossett joining us. Laura, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I'd like to thank you for joining us this morning and just giving us a few minutes. Uh, this is the hungriest part of the morning for me. We've got to talk about the taste of Rutherford. So I made sure to have a big breakfast so I wouldn't, wouldn't get uh, hungry, wouldn't hear my stomach grumbling in the background. But very excited for tomorrow, the taste of Rutherford. It's going to be tastes and drinks that best represent our wonderful little corner of Tennessee here. So much good food, so many good drinks to be had. And uh, we're really excited this is actually going to happen. A lot of things like this have not been able to fire off on time. A lot of things have been rescheduled postponed but you guys much like our friends with murfreesboro city schools we just talked to have found a way to do it safely to practice social distancing of course everybody's going to be wearing masks but we've kind of found a way to to do this but safely so we wanted to bring you on to talk about that what do folks need to know for the taste of rutherford tomorrow when they go enjoy that wonderful food um well thank you for having us um the one of the first things that I want to point out is that we did put a lot of thought into how to present this um, uh, fundraiser by keeping the guests safe. Um, one of the things that we put a lot of thought in is how we were going to present the food. In the past, the food was kind of all together, and everybody stood in long lines and grabbed the food and put it on their plates, and it was just a nice, beautiful pile of just food from all the local restaurants. Um this year, we're going to do it more picnic style. So 
what we have asked all of the um, local restaurants to do is to prepackage their product. So they will be in um, packaged cups or wraps or some type of a container to kind of help cross-contamination or any other issues there, and they will be putting them inside of the box that the guest will receive when they arrive. Um, so that's just a way for us to just kind of make everyone feel better about the product, um, help the restaurants to feel good about the product, and everyone feel safe. Um, it also will help eliminate everyone standing in a line and kind of all being in a group. We've um, kind of scattered everyone out around Cannonsburg, so that way people can kind of come and go to the booth. They don't have to follow along in a single file line like they have done in the past. So. Those are two things that we really wanted to, um, you know, bring out and show that it was very important to us to make this a safe event for everyone. Um, the restaurants have been asked to wear masks and gloves when they're serving their products during that time, um, and I'm hoping, you know, all other people will adhere to those guidelines if um, they feel, to, um, you know, necessary to do that. Um, one of the other cool things that we have this year that we haven't had in the past is we have um, craft beer vendors coming. Um, and I believe it's somewhere between 10 and 12 different local craft beers. And everyone will be getting a beer glass, and they'll be able to go and um, share in those craft beers. Now, we will say that all the beers will be served in an own individual plastic cup, so you won't be using the glass over and over again. That's just more of a souvenir for you um, after the event is over. So that's something that's new to this event that we're really excited for. We really were hoping to reach out to more of a younger crowd and entice them to come and help with this fundraiser. Awesome. Laura Gossett joining us, and uh, we're talking the Taste of Rutherford. That's going to be tomorrow at Cannonsburg Village. What time does this kick off? So the VIP hour starts at 6, and it goes from 6 to 7. And at that point, um, we will be serving the beers and uh, signature drinks. And then Tasty Table will be doing um, some past appetizers during that cocktail hour. So if anyone purchased a VIP ticket or is still wanting to purchase one, they get the benefit of that first hour. And then from 7 to 9 will be when all the other restaurants open up and they will be able to participate in all the food coming from the other 15 restaurants. That sounds awesome. So I'm, I'm excited you guys have added the craft beer. There's so many good breweries from here to Nashville and our surrounding area. We're lucky in that way, and that just pairs greatly with all the wonderful food that we do have and have had. Uh, Middle Tennessee, of course, I, when I moved down here a few years ago, that was one of the first things I noticed is, man, these people can eat, and they, they really they have some great taste, whether it be barbecue or uh, you know just, just some more different fine dining, just so many good options for us to uh, choose from. I'm thinking, and let me know what you think, I'm thinking for Cannonsburg Village, maybe, uh, grab a blanket and do kind of a picnic setting. If you're going to be grabbing this food to go, if you're going to be getting your food in a container and you can kind of go off and eat it, uh, do you guys require uh, uh, any, any um, say, say require, but do you guys encourage uh, folks to bring blankets and, and do a picnic style with maybe a few other friends and family in small groups and kind of spread out throughout the, uh, throughout the area? Absolutely. So bring your lawn chairs, bring your blankets. Um, there will be some tables for folks, but there will also be a lot of open grassed area for people to just sit and hang out. There will be music throughout the evening, um, three different types of music. Um, so, you know, we'll start out with some nice classical and then we'll kind of go into a little bit more of a modern type music for, for the younger crowd. And 
bring your kids, you know, if you want, and let them kind of explore and run around if you feel safe to do that. And we definitely, you know, that's why we moved to this area was to just give everyone a nice open area where they can feel comfortable and freely move. Awesome. And as as these kind of things happen, of course, there are folks who maybe require seating or require a table that maybe wouldn't be able to do the picnic blanket you know, type setting. So if you're bringing a family and you're able, I'd say maybe bring your own chairs or bring the blanket and do the picnic setting. And, you know, for those who maybe don't get around as well, maybe leave some of the tables for them if you can, if, you, if it's something that's plausible for you. But uh, certainly I'm a, I'm a big picnic guy. So I think throwing the blanket down and spreading out and, you know, getting comfortable there in the grass, that could be that could be a real winner. Um, how, would, how do you get tickets? How do you get in um, and, and where do you go get your tickets if you need some still? Um, so the tickets are on sale at Main Street's website, and um, sorry, I don't have that written down here. Um, and you can just go on to the Main Street website, and I will pull that up because I don't have the actual. I think it's MainStreet.org, and Sarah's going to kill me because I don't have that on here. But um, they can go on there and still purchase the tickets, or you can call Main Street, and um, we'll be happy to get you some tickets through the phone. Um and I just want to give a shout-out to the restaurants, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, letting everyone know who's participating. Um, we really wanted to put the focus back on our locally-owned um, small businesses. And one of the really cool things that Main Street did this year is they actually paid the restaurants to participate. Um, because of COVID and all the things that have happened this year, the restaurants have been in really kind of a, a hard time. And so... Um, it was really neat that Main Street really thought about these small businesses. And so I just want to kind of list the ones that are participating and we're just really excited about. So we have the Alley on Main um, and the Blue Porch, Town Cakes, Brasshorn, and they're going to be serving some really cool iced coffee, um, Carriage Lane, City Cafe, Domenico's Deli, Five Senses. We have JoJo's Fruit Tea. Slick Pig, Milano's, Marina's, Olive Branch Bakery, we have Puckett's Grocery, Simply Pure Sweets, Hernandez Mexican Deli, and Tasty Table. Man, that sounds incredible. I'm thinking, okay, one from here, one from there, one from here, and that could just make the, the greatest plate of food that could ever be made. I, there's so many great choices there, and if you spread it out and get a little bit from each and uh, you know pair that with a wonderful craft beer, uh, I think that's going to be a winner. Some live music as well, as you mentioned. So uh, very excited for tomorrow. Hey, wanted to uh, ask you, you mentioned it's a fundraiser, and you mentioned some of these proceeds and, and that going back to some of the restaurants who, um, who are participating because that's not an easy thing to do. A lot of folks have... You know, had to cut back hours and had to do things differently, and, and maybe lost some of that money they were they were planning on using and uh, for putting together you know their booth and for the event. Um, what what is the fundraiser all about? Is it mainly kind of going back to some of the restaurants that participate, as well as as Main Street Murfreesboro? Yeah, so the um, the majority of the money will go back into Main Street Murfreesboro, and let me uh, the main the their email address or website is mainstreetmurfreesboro.org. and so Main Street supports the downtown um, area, they put on the Friday night music that normally happens once a month. Um, they do the farmer's market and other types of things just to support our Main Street area, um, which is why we chose the majority of our restaurants are from the downtown area. They're in, in the Main Street area. There are a few that, that were not um, right downtown, but most of these businesses are. Um, and then so 
with that money, they we were able to use some of it to actually purchase the products from the restaurants so they were not out the money this year, um, where normally it's a donation to help raise money for Main Street, and Main Street felt like it was more important to help those downtown restaurants and local restaurants. Absolutely. They're the lifeblood and the heartbeat of, of these types of events. And, you know, when people come down to visit Murfreesboro or they're out of town or are living here and just going to enjoy the wonderful square, uh, a lot of those businesses, those those are the businesses that make up our square, make up our town, and uh, make Murfreesboro such a great place to live and such a great place to visit. So, you know, to, to be able to help those types of businesses and, and keep this thing moving, I think, is important. And if you can do that while having a good time and, and enjoying some great uh, food and drink, I mean, that, that seems like a, a, a slam dunk of an idea that's going to be tomorrow evening you mentioned the vip kicks off at six and then everything else starts about seven seven thirty yes yeah, so so yeah six to seven vip seven to nine for the rest of the party and um it's just going to be a great great thing and and we just really look forward to people coming out and if you just don't feel like coming to that event we also offer a to-go box where you can um, come grab your box and go. Um, you don't have to stay and, and you don't have to, um, you know, stay within that crowd, but still be able to participate. And, and if you just don't want to do any of that and just want to donate to Main Street and their cause and what they do for our community, you're welcome to do that as well. Fantastic. Laura Gossett, our guest this morning for part two of the Action Line. We're talking the Taste of Rutherford that kicks off tomorrow. That's going to be July 18th. You got all day tomorrow to uh, to have fun, get your activities in, and then end the day over at uh, Cannonsburg Village and have some wonderful food, some wonderful drinks. You mentioned there's going to be some live music there. Uh, any more information there you could dive into? Um, I personally don't know who. The, it's it's one group, and they're going to start off, I think, with um, uh, just some string music, um, and then it's going to be a real kind of easy kind of listening at the beginning, and then we're going to go into a little bit more of a band-type music where there's going to be some dancing and more modern type music so um so just kind of as the night progresses it's going to get a little bit more uh rowdy i guess more fun (laughs) (laughs) people can get up and dance if they want and and you know just kind of enjoy their time um out there i think the pictures that are taken for this event and you know shared throughout the next hundred plus years people are going to be looking back and that must have been 2020 because everybody's going to be spread out, but everybody's going to be dancing. Everybody's going to have their kind of little areas six or eight feet apart, and it's going to be one of those uh, this moment in time kind of thing where you look at the picture and you say that that must have been the summer of 2020 because you could just tell everybody's spread out like that, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll just be it'll it'll look a little different, but I think all the energy, all the fun is still going to be there. People are going to be dancing. I mean, when you have great food and and some great drinks and you know the community coming together to dance and and eat, I mean that's that's always going to be fun um, regardless of the circumstances so i'm um, pretty excited about that and of course cannonburg village right off the square just a couple blocks here from the radio station any parking uh, requirements are people going to need to park and walk or is there going to be plenty of parking you think at the event um, are, are folks required or encouraged to carpool um i think there's plenty of parking there's a large parking area kind of um to the left of cannonsburg and the there's going to be a one entrance in and out so um, that area is very close to the parking. So I would just, you know, park in that kind of gravel parking lot to the left of Cannonsburg, and you walk in through a little sidewalk right there, and the, that's where the gate will be, and then there will be a large um, kind of uh, octagon table set up where people can come and grab their boxes, and it won't be, again, we're doing everything we can to just spread people out and not have to stand in lines. 
So they'll, I think we're going to have like five to eight tables kind of in an octagon shape so they can go anywhere in that circle um, to grab their boxes. So, again, not having to stand in a long line right next to each other. Um, we really put a lot of thought into that to just really make sure that we encourage that social distancing and make it easy to get in and um, kind of move through the, the crowd. So, um, yeah, so parking right there on the left and just come on if you want a carpool. I think that's great. Um, so it, I think it's just there's going to be plenty of room. Awesome. Laura Gossett joining us to talk Taste of Rutherford. Of course, Sarah Callender enjoys a shout-out as well as uh, you two have both been um, pretty important in this whole process to make this thing fire off on time. And and I mentioned some of the thought that got put into this to spread people out but still um, keep that same kind of atmosphere, that same kind of fun where everybody's just kind of coming together to party I think was um, was very important. And you ladies have, have done a great job of, of kind of keeping that together. Any final thoughts before we let you go? I'm excited for tomorrow. Wonderful food, wonderful drinks, wonderful music. Of course, the best community here in Middle Tennessee. Any final thoughts, any last bit of information before folks uh, need to head off for tomorrow evening? Um, I did forget to mention Julie's bartending. She's going to be serving the signature cocktails for the evening. Um, and then um, I just, you know, want everyone to, to feel comfortable that we're going to um, think about them and we do think about the public health and that we are here to support our small businesses, our small restaurants, and we're just so grateful for all of our sponsors um, who have continued to be supportive for Main Street and help this event happen. Sarah is just an amazing leader and has really pulled together a great group of people that have been able to implement this event um, and really kind of more modernize what we have done in the past and kind of really reach out to a more younger crowd as well. So we're really looking forward to see how this is. And and if this does well, then I can't even imagine what next year will be like. And we're just really, really looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Awesome. And of course, masks are required. People are going to need to wear the masks when they're grabbing food and they're out and about. But if you get over to your little corner by the, you know, on your little plot of land where you throw down your blanket or have your chairs while you're eating and drinking, of course, you can pull the masks down. But um, am, I, am I understanding that correctly? While you're moving around in the groups and the crowds, you need to have the mask on. We would d- definitely do encourage it. Um, we think that that is the best practice. Um, our restaurants will be wearing them. So, you know, we do, we do ask that everyone just think about each other and, and do what's right for them. And, and then when they're down and with their own little crew or doing their own thing, then definitely enjoy the food and take your mask off. And, and we hope that everyone will, you know, be okay with that. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for uh, giving us a few minutes answering these questions. I'm excited for tomorrow. We'll see you all out there tomorrow. That's the Taste of Rutherford at Cannonsburg Village. VIP action kicks off at 6, and uh, everybody else get there about 7 o'clock and eat and drink and dance and have fun, but do it responsibly. Wear the mask, social distance, uh, bring some chairs and a blanket, and uh, just go out there and have yourself a fun, fun time. Laura, thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning, and uh, have a great weekend. Thank you so much. All righty, we'll talk to you a little later. All righty, folks. Well, that about wraps it up for me for this hour. I am—I've officially made myself hungry talking about food all morning. So, uh, off to uh, off to breakfast, off to lunch. I go. Truman Show is coming up next. Rutherford issues right around the corner. Of course, Clark Howard, Dave Ramsey, filling up the midday for us. We got lots of information coming your way. Still plenty to come. So keep it right here on News Radio WGNS, and uh, of course, streaming worldwide, all over the world.
on WGNSRadio.com and that handy-dandy app. If you have not downloaded it yet, what are you doing? Download that WGNS Radio app. You can listen live anywhere. Get all your news on the fly as it comes to it. comes right to your cell phone. you got everything you need right in the palm of your hands. Make it a great weekend, folks. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much.